is Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This is the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I am Coach Manaman. Thank you for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. For the latest news and notes and baseball content from the tri-state area, find us on social media, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and at Coach Manaman on Twitter. This episode is sponsored by Genuine Landscape and Design, and they are the official landscaper for over half of the managers in the Dubuque County Semi-Pro League, and owner and operator Tyler Ernson would love to come to your home and offer you those services as well. Mention to Tyler that you heard this ad on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, and he will give you 10% off your service. Genuine Landscape and Design can be reached at 563-581-1052. You can also find them on Facebook and give them a like at Genuine Landscape and Design. Huge news coming from Genuine Landscape and Design. They will be opening a nursery soon. Be on the lookout on Facebook for their grand opening. Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. And today, we are going to be joined by two coaches, our friends across the river, for our 2022 Spring Baseball Preview. Our first guest today comes from us from the Southwestern Wildcats. And they are coming off an 11-11 season where... Their season ended in the first round of the state tournament. It was their second trip to the state tournament, and it was their first since 2010. Coach Isaac Stanton, welcome to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Thanks for having me back, Nick. I appreciate it. I'm super excited to do this. Before we get into last season... I have to tell you a funny story. So my wife's side of the family... They all have Wisconsin ties. You and I did this last year, and we had a family get-together, and I got a whole bunch of crap from her side of the family on, why am I doing a season preview with Southwestern? Southwestern sucks. I need to do a season preview with Cuba City because Cuba City is always better than Southwestern. And I shared with them that um, I know nothing about Wisconsin baseball. I know nothing about Southwestern, but Coach Stanton is a good guy. He's a supporter of the podcast. He always retweets. He always shares. And him and I have mutual friends in the baseball community. And I thought he he would be an interesting guy to have a conversation with, to strike up a friendship with. So Cuba City people, that's why I have Coach Stanton on. And you can't say that they suck because they made the uh, state tournament last year. But if anybody from Cuba City hears this and is interested in doing a season preview, please connect with me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Um, No disrespect to the coach or the program or the community. I just have no connections there. I have no ties there. But if that's something you're interested in, reach out and let's do it. Coach Stanton, last year was a remarkable year. 
trip to the state tournament first since 2010, your first as a head coach. Tell us about that season. What are some things that, that stand out that made that 2021 season so remarkable? And what were some behind the scenes things and all the work that went in with the coaching staff and the players that your average fan would not see? Man, you know, it's it's easy enough, like the, the simple answer is stay, right? You know, that something is something that, you know, I know I'll never forget. Um, the boys, like I said, they to this day speak of it. But I think when you really do a deep dive and kind of roll it back and see how it all began, um, it, it was such a journey. I mean, you look at our regular season, we're 6-10. and 10. Um, Speaking of Cuba City, you know, they beat us twice. They're a great program. Um Coach Graber, Coach Rogerman got a great program over there. And these, you know, the boys between Southwestern and Cuba City play a ton of ball together and against each other. Um, but yeah, going six and 10 in, in a regular season was not exactly how I, you know, planned it out. Um, but I tell you what, like I said, going deeper, you know, it starts going back to 2020, you know, losing that season. Um, our seniors this year would have been a sophomore at that time. They lost their sophomore season. Um, then you, you know, parlay that into COVID and how that just, through everything out of whack for the better part of a year. Um, and then we come full circle into 2021 and, you know, we have this hybrid season where, you know, that by no stretch of the imagination, we were over the moon excited just to be able to play baseball at that point. Right. And, um, still we had obstacles overcome. There's, there's always going to be obstacles. And, you know, we had the overlap with football because football, our football season was pushed to the spring season. And again, just, on par for what 2020 and 2021 were, um, we had to share our, our players. So being in a small school, um, I'd say about 90% of our players play both sports. Um, so, I mean, it started, you know, for the first three weeks, we overlapped with football. So um, our young men would be up at 530 in the morning in the gym um, because obviously it was it was spring out. Um, 530, they had baseball practice. Uh, went to school all day and then turned around and went practice football or played football for, for the better part of three weeks. Um, that right there in itself, I think, is an incredible story that nobody's gone through before. Like This is stuff that nobody's ever drawn up or dreamt ever happening. So it starts there. And then, you know, if you look bigger, you know, at our, our whole school district, we had an amazing uh, sports facility that was approved by our taxpayers of the Southwestern School District. Um you know, and when I speak of the taxpayer, you know, I, I can't help but look back at what the village, you know, I call it the village of of Hazel Green and, and the school district. What, you know, and it truly does take a village for these kids. And um, since I've been given the opportunity to lead this team, um, the very first thing that I invested in was it's hokey, but it's T-shirts. Um, I made T-shirts and the, the only thing I said on was family. And, you know, I grew up in a small town playing small town ball. That's what it was for me. It was, it was 100% family. And the support that this team received from the school, from administration, uh, from the parents and aunts and uncles and cousins and grandpas and grandmas, like it just – it was amazing to see how they rallied around these young men and, and the businesses, you know, the businesses in our community and surrounding communities, the outpouring of generosity from the local business giving them food and drinks and, you know – the, the, you know, I, we joke about going up to state on the, on the bus and we literally had about five totes of just junk food. Like we almost had to take it away from the kids because they almost would have foundered on as much junk food as they had. And like I said, all that stuff is just it, everything that went into 2021. Um, and then you look at, you know, 
the, the another portion of it was, you know, we had a beautiful new complex. Um, unfortunately, the baseball field wasn't ready at the time. Um, kind of a crappy winter, dry spring, and that leads to not very much grass being grown on a brand new uh, baseball field. So unfortunately, we had to play all of our seasons on the road or all of our games in the regular season on the road. Um, and we couldn't practice on it either. So, I mean, it, it, as I joked with most of the coaches during the season, I said, you know, I, I can't complain loud because we're practicing on turf. Um, we had the opportunity to have the turf football field to use, but it's still not the same. You know, it's we couldn't take live batting practice. Everything was inside as far as BP goes. Um, that in itself was still just another obstacle that we overcame. And, you know, our very first outdoor batting practice on our brand-new field was June 3rd. And our very first tournament game was June 10th. So I really, truly believe that finally being able to practice outside, finally being able to be on a baseball field and have some practice. And, you know, infield, outfield, you get a lot done on turf. Um, and again, I don't want to complain because it's, we're very fortunate to have it, but it's different. You know, it's, it's you, the looks, the, the view, you can take a pretty solid infield, but you know, there, you're just missing components of a, a full team. And, you know, the, that in itself are just, some of the things that are always going to be ingrained into me. And, you know, the probably the, the best thing and the most thing I'm most proud of is once we got home from state, um, didn't turn out the way we wanted to, but um, a few weeks after that, we received word that um, our team had won the 2021 Sportsmanship Award, which for me as a coach, that's what we look for, right? Everybody wants to come home with the gold, you know, the gold trophy. But for us to go there the first year since 2010, um, and come home with a sportsmanship award. I think, like I said, that that's something that I will never forget. And hopefully that these boys will, you know, hopefully cherish for years to come. Props to you. And I also want to give props. You mentioned the community. I have to tell you, your Southwestern baseball community is probably a tenth of some of the bigger schools that I do. And I'm going to use Dubuque Senior for an example. 400 and some people listened to your season preview last year, where sometimes I'll, I'll do a bigger school and we won't get 300 people to listen to that. So people will always ask me, hey, can we come back and do an episode? It all depends. If the community is asking and the people are listening, we'll always keep doing these. So thank you to the community for listening and for sharing. I appreciate that. Well, let's move forward to the 2022 season. Do you have any conference players returning? If so, what makes those all-conference players a cut above the rest to receive that distinct honor? Um, we do. We're very fortunate. Uh, um, we have two returning all-conference players and Pearson Kephart and Jordan Stanton. Um, you know, it, it, all-conference is tough, especially when you go 6-10. and 10. Um, You know, we don't, We again, we didn't jump out on paper on anybody, um, but I think these two young men, by virtue of playing a ton of baseball, um, both of them played at Dubuque Independent League, both of them played travel ball with, with facilities around our area. Um, they were, they've been in high leverage situations before and they were able to really kind of rise up to those occasions um, when they were given those opportunities and really help them develop as leaders. And like I said, I still think, you know, the just playing baseball, just playing catch more than everybody else, that's really what's helped you know, those kids um, definitely excel in, in the class that they have. Does the roster have any other returning starters? Well, you know, that's that's the one great thing about last year is that we had one lone senior. Um, so we lost one senior who was, was super impactful. Um, but, yeah, we have every um, every returning kid back, even a couple that were injured during the uh, spring 2021 football season. So we'll get 
we'll get two more kids back who are projected to be probably pretty impactful into our team coming up this year. Your one senior that you lost, I believe, was Peyton Edmonds, correct? Correct. And he did have the game-winning hit that sent you guys to state, correct? Uh, yeah, he, he actually won the semifinal game, but yeah, that was the – that was a game that really kind of catapulted us into the to the next game. Give us a breakdown. You said you have to replace one senior in Peyton. Who are some of the new guys on the varsity roster, and what voids are you hoping that they'll fill, and what do they bring to the team? You know, looking at Peyton, he was he was such a huge contributor to our team. He was, uh, you know, it, it's. It's easy to say, oh, we only have to replace one kid. But when somebody who's as impactful, who's been part of the program, you know, you always want to really lean on those seniors because they know what's going on. They're your, they're your um, leaders, whether you identify them as captains or not. Kids follow the lead of, of our seniors. And, and he definitely was that kid. He, you know, should have been by all rights our starting third baseman throughout the season. But because of those injuries, because of everything that was going on, um, he got kind of slid out to the, the right field role and held it down like a champ. Um, you know, when we look at trying to replace someone who has, you know, what I call the Swiss Army knife, you know, a kid who could play pretty much everywhere, whether it was third or right or center, he, he could catch. Um, we have a lot of kids who I think could really step into that role. Um, you're looking at like a Mason Kaiser, um, a Jordan Pergandy, um, Trey Wheeland. We have a ton of kids who will have a great opportunity to really make that next step on the varsity level of being a contributor to being like a full-time starter who was really going to be, you know, impactful to our team. Coach, I know it's early yet. Walk us around the horn. Walk us around the outfield. Who are some of the guys early on that you might project as starters? Now, I know as a coach, you always kind of go in with a game plan. You always go in with a blueprint. Sometimes you have guys uh, – step up that you weren't expecting big things from have great seasons. Sometimes you have guys you're expecting big things from that don't necessarily have a great season. So what are your projections early on before the games start happening here? Yeah, it's, you know, we always go in with, like you said, with that clean slate. Um, nothing's guaranteed, but, you know, obviously with a very senior laden roster, um, those kids are going to have that upper edge because of the fact that, you know, they're seniors, they're bigger, stronger, have played more baseball. So they're going to have that, you know, upper hand, um, starting behind the dish, um, Gavin Yoakum, still, still our field general, still the guttiest kid that, you know, I've probably ever coached. Um, he definitely helped keep our pitching staff in line and made them look really smart last year. Um, he's definitely one of those kids who's, who's going to be, you know, one of those vocal leaders that, that every team has to have. And, you know, if he played for another team, he'd be, probably be the guy that I hated most, but I love the fact that he's on our team. Um, then you go over to first base, Jace Mess, our big lefty. Um, he gobbles up bad throws from the infield again, making our infielders look even better than what they should. Um, big left-handed bat with some pop. I'm um, excited to see um, what the weight room's been able to do for him. Um, second base is going to be a dogfight for us. Last year, when you speak of kids who kind of jump out and have a season that's slightly unexpected, Corbin Splinter last year um, won that second base spot. And we knew going in, you know, our pitchers threw fairly well. So our right side of the infield was going to have to be strong, um, being able to make plays. And, and Corbin Splinter, you know, offensively probably didn't have the best season he wanted to have, but as far as defensively, what a surprise he was for us and what an impact player. He led the team. Um, he led the team in put outs last year. 
um, overall. Um, just because, like I said, that's our pitching staff was by virtue of getting a lot of ground balls to the right side, kept him busy. Um, and again, he's going to be chased. Like the great part about having some internal back pressure, um, a Trey Wheeland who has, you know, asked what can he do to, to really step up and be that, be a senior who can contribute. Um, he's checked off every box that I've given him to say, here's what you're going to need to compete next year. Um, and I firmly believe that Trey is going to really challenge and going to have a, have a great dogfight over there at second base, which again is great for our team. It's as far as having the best players out there. Um, when you look at shortstop, shortstop is pretty much going to be platooned by our, our two knuckleheads who were all conference last year be, between Pearson and Jordan. Um, we do have, you know, the luxury of having two of them, you know, the, Every, I think every travel ball coach or every coach who tries to build a team wants to recruit nothing but shortstops. And, and we're lucky that we have a couple more. Um, you know, we could even slot a, a Colson Splinter who's played a ton of shortstop, um, into that spot if we need to, if, if gameplay, you know, kind of dictates that. Um, third base, we're looking at Tyler Brotsman last year who, because of all the, the injuries and because of the season, um, as a sophomore had an opportunity to play third base, you know, and, and, and starting out of the gate, I, we had to kind of move him around a little bit to find his niche. And, you know, he was able to step up as a sophomore um, in the hot corner for us and really give us some valuable innings over there that, you know, we, again, we didn't expect on paper. We didn't expect him to be that big of a contributor, but because of the situation, because of the game, you know, he had to step up Um, left field, you know, the outfield is, is, you know, still going to be one of our, you know, places where we really need kids to step up. A kid like uh, Kate Buxton plays a ton of travel ball for, uh, DRBA, um, he's going to have a real opportunity to bring his left-handed bat and his high on-base percentage to our lineup. Um, but he's going to have to fight out a Cooper Allen, who came on another one of those kids who came on into a role last year in, in left field. Um, you know, again, being a senior, that's going to be his to lose. But I think, again, having some internal back pressure with Cade is going to be great. Um, especially during the tournament last year, Cooper Allen stepped up big for us with some big hits. Um, play some great defense and really got us to where we need to go. Center field, um, it's going to be patrolled by Colson Splinter. And I think by far, in my opinion, probably the best center fielder in our conference. He makes it look so easy. Any ball hit out there makes, you know, that's one of the spots where we're like, okay, that that's going to be caught. Um, but he's another one of those kids with all the tools that we need. We could slot him at, like I said, a shortstop. Um, but he just makes life real easy when the ball's hit to center field and really takes over for us. Um, Right field is that spot where we need to fill in for a, a Peyton Edmonds who's graduated for us. But um, as I allude to, like a Mason Kaiser who was injured last year, who we had slotted to be a real big contributor for us, will be able to step up um, now that he's back in 100%. And uh, hopefully he'll be able to shake down some fly balls for us um, and really have a, another opportunity for a kid to step up and, and be a, a, another leader for us. Recognized a lot of names there. A lot of those kids follow me on Instagram at Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. If you do not follow me on Instagram or Facebook, search Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Give us a follow or at Coach Manamona on Twitter. And for you Apple Podcast users, get to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Coach, they say – I had to throw in some plugs there, sorry – <laughs> no, I love it. They say a team is as only as strong as how strong they are up the middle. So I'm projecting a good year for the Southwestern Wildcats. You're returning your catcher. Uh, you said he's a little bit of nutty, but all catchers are a little bit that way. You have two all-conference players at shortstop. Uh, second baseman is returning. You said the outfielder, in your opinion, in center is one of the best in the conference. So 
that's shaping up to be a good season if everybody performs well and everybody stays healthy. Also, your pitching staff, you are only having to replace nine and a third innings, and you are not losing a single win from that pitching staff. So who can you tell us uh, is going to be at the top end of that rotation? And who might um, be some of those guys that fill in the back end of the rotation or the bullpen role? What's the pitching staff looking like for the Southwestern Wildcats? Yeah, as you alluded to, what you know, how fortunate are we um, to be able to build up that staff last year um, and have two kids really step up and 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 take a leadership role as far as you know taking the ball every single you know two or three times a week and knowing that they have you know their their full control and being able to get us where we need to go you know losing only nine and a third and returning 142 innings I again fortunate I can't that's that's the easiest way I can equate that but um having Pearson and Jordan both um you know all season it was 1A and 1B we never have really identified one kid over the other because they both have similar attributes but they're both totally different um Pearson's got a big heavy fastball um great curveball um whereas Jordan's more of a spinner but they both are able to rely on that fastball as a first pitch strike and be able to work it from there um again having those two at the the front of our rotation is is a huge luxury that I'm very fortunate to have um but you know with this year being different than last year last year you know only playing 16 games we're bumped up to 23 back to our normal schedule with a bunch of non-conference games that we're going to need kids to step up. You know, we're playing the likes of East Dubuque and Galena and Potosi, um, playing Barneveld, who, you know, we played a one nothing game in the sectional semifinal last year during the regular season this year. So we're going to need kids um, definitely to step up and be able to absorb some of those innings. You know, we're looking at Colson Splinter, who um, who got the win, who uh, came in and closed the door against um, Bangor last year um with one of the biggest most exciting games i think ever in in, in southwestern history um gavin yokum uh, being a catcher um we we can superimpose him and throw him out there with his gumby arm and being able to get us some innings on the bump too he got uh he got a kind of a, a shaky leg save in the uh regional final for us against Belmont. Um, Tyler Brotsman is going to have a big role for us again this year because, you know, we need to be able to spread the wealth for a lot of those innings when, you know, like I said, pitch count is huge, especially when it's cold out. And, you know, going from that modified season where the most part it was fairly warm, but now we go to the normal season where, you know, it's, it's going to be blustery and 40 out and, you know, to have a long inning, you know, to have a long inning will really be, you know, hurtful to some of these pitchers and we have to keep an eye on those pitch counts. One thing I want to ask you about, Coach, before we get into my last question, I have a 16-month-old son at home, and I, I just just kind of got tired of coaching. There's so many things I, I've wanted to do in life outside of baseball, and I've always said that I'm not going to coach any of his teams. I'm not going to coach his travel team, but I will throw him BP all day. I'll hit him grounders uh, until his, his, uh, his cup is dented and it no longer works, and <laughs> I'm just curious, as as a dad, very similar to my age, what's it like to to coach your son Jordan at at a high level and and at the high school level and and at the state tournament? You know, it's it's funny because it's kind of a double edged sword, right? Because it's it's tough because you have to keep the the facade that you know you, no matter what what anybody says, whether you coach your kid, you always watch your kid first and foremost. That's anybody who coaches their child and tells you otherwise. I'm sorry, is a liar. Like you watch your kid most because 
for obvious reasons. Um, you know, I, I find myself extremely fortunate to be able to kind of ride along with him through, you know, I've been able to kind of ride his coattails for the past, you know, 10 years around baseball and being able to be a part of his journey. Um, it's tough, you know, some days there are times when I have to tell my, uh, assistant coach Justin Hahn like you gotta go talk to him like I there are times when I just can't have anything to do with him whereas at the same point you know the pride is so hard to not just let spill over because it is you know it's it's a tough spot to be in but man I I wouldn't have traded it for the world um I'm doing it for an obvious reason because I love baseball but you know it's it's definitely a sweet icing on the cake when you can have your son right there along with him and see the success that you know he's worked so hard for for all these years very cool. Sorry, I, I might be up in the air now. I've always said no, but after <laughs> after hearing you and seeing the emotion, uh, maybe maybe I'll uh, I'll change my tone on that. Now, <laughs> last question, Coach, before we um, welcome in East Dubuque skipper Brandon Tasher, fresh off a conference championship. What is your outlook and what are your expectations for the 2022 season? I would love to make it to a game if the weather makes it above 70 degrees, but the older I get, the grumpier I get, and the more I hate these, these Iowa, and for you, Wisconsin winners. What are your expectations? You know, it's funny because I've, I've thought pretty much the whole offseason, what, what can we do, right? Because I... I really felt we had a good team on paper um and how we how it all played out last year i'd be a liar if i told you i saw it coming but i knew i knew we had a, a solid team um and i think my biggest my biggest hope this year is to not let expectation override everything um because let's face it like you said we have a lot going for us um but we still it's not like we coasted through the 2021 season you know with with great fashion i mean we we had bumps in the road we won we won games towards the end um by virtue of our kids really kind of ironing themselves together and really figuring out how to rally around each other um but for the most part that that regular season was just a roller coaster of ups and downs and and games we losing games that we probably shouldn't have and, and winning a couple games that we probably shouldn't have either um but i think through it all um myself and and our staff really stress you know trusting the process um it's you know baseball is is a funny game it'll drive you nuts if you play long enough um but if we can stick to our process stick to playing the game the way we did last year the game before we have to worry about expectations and just going out there and playing a kid's game and and play with one pitch and played at one inning and one game at a time and buying 100 percent, man i i think we can do some really great things um like you said it's 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 one thing to have a good team on paper, but to have it go out there and really, you know, have them, you know, really coach staff just stays out of the way of the players and just lets them go out there and play that game. I think we can do some really cool things. Um, and that's for my hope for this year. Just continue to get better um, game by game, you know, throughout the course of the season, because we still play in a really, really tough conference. And, and Q, like you said, you know, Cuba City is still going to be a really, really tough out. Mineral Point is going to be a tough out. Um, Boscovel beat us one time last year too. I mean, there's a ton of top talent in our area, um, on our side of the river that we're going to have to contend with. And, you know, if, if we continue to get better and continue to live by that one pitch kind of mechanism and one pitch thought process, um, and respect the game and do it the right way, I think the baseball guys with any luck will, will smile upon us once again. 
Coach, thanks again for joining us on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Best of luck to you, your staff, your community, and your players on this upcoming 2022 season. Don't forget to stick around for our friend across the river, Brandon Tasher from the East Dubuque Warriors. This episode is sponsored by Genuine Landscape and Design, and they are the official landscaper for over half of the managers in the Dubuque County Semi-Pro League. And owner and operator Tyler Ernson would love to come to your home and offer you those services as well. Mention to Tyler that you heard this ad on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, and he will give you 10% off your service. Genuine Landscape and Design can be reached at 563-581-1052. You can also find them on Facebook and give them a like at Genuine Landscape and Design. Huge news coming from Genuine Landscape and Design. They will be opening a nursery soon. Be on the lookout on Facebook for their grand opening. Another school in our Friends Across the River 2022 season preview that has huge expectations coming into the season. We're going to welcome in Brandon Tashner from the East Dubuque Warriors. And East Dubuque Warriors are coming off a 2021 campaign where they won a conference championship. Coming off a 14-10-1 overall record. More impressively, 7-1 in the conference. Coach Tashner, welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Hey, Coach. Uh, Nick, thanks for having me. I appreciate having us on as always, man. Coach, we want to touch upon as many kids and as many successful stories in the program as possible. Any alumni currently playing college baseball? If so... Who, where are they playing, and how are they doing? Uh, yeah, we have um, we actually have two guys uh, out there playing. We have just across the river over in Dubuque, Ben Kettering, <clears throat> who is a uh, uh, just entering, just started the season, I believe, last weekend. Um, listening to Coach Y, Coach Y and his podcast sounds like he's in the uh, in the bullpen with a great opportunity to make some spot starts. Uh, I know he had some success last year, so exciting to see that. Uh, and, and fresh into the program this year is his brother Casey Kettering, so that'll be uh, that'll be fun watching him go through. And then uh, Ethan Orchid up in uh, up in Milwaukee, up at Wisconsin Lutheran, is entering his last year at the uh, collegiate level, and, and they're just getting underway as well. So I'm um, excited to see a couple a couple alums out there still playing. Last year was a remarkable season for the East Dubuque Warriors. They are coming off their first conference championship since 2005. The average baseball fan might not know this, but what went into that special season? What were some of the behind-the-scenes things that we may not have seen, and what went into that remarkable run? Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun for sure. Um, guys had a lot of fun with it. We talked about it prior in the season. You know, one of our one of our destinations was you know obviously always want to come out and get better every day, winning record. Uh, you know, in that conference championship, we look up at the up at the boards and the school and the gymnasium and see that big drought. So guys definitely want to get after it. Um, they put a lot of time in outside of the season, uh, a lot outside of the season, excuse me, a lot of kids, you know, obviously we're small school, so they're two, three sports deep. Um, and they're trying to get better at all sports. Um, you know, always want to give out a huge thank you to, to mouse, uh, coach Mike Edmonds out at the, out at the K zone. Uh, he has uh, opened his doors 
and allowed kids to come in for, for open gyms, if you will, uh, during the winter. Uh, he'll work out with them. They all go out on their own. They work out on their own. You know, there's nothing that I can do to, to get them out there to, to go coach them. It's, it's, it's all on there on their own, you know, and then outside of that, you know, in the season, you know, we're practicing in the gym. Um, you know, we start our season, uh, early in, early in the spring. So we're, we're, uh, practicing in the gym. Uh, the frost is coming out of the ground. So you're on a wet baseball field a lot of days, muddy. Uh, I don't know if you've tried to go out and play catch in 45, 48 degree weather or hit a baseball. It's not exactly the most fun, but you know, guys, guys tough through it. They, they grit through it. And at the end, when you're able to get a, uh, you know, get a, get a fire truck escort home at the end of the day, at the end of the year for the conference championship, it pays off. Um, so it was a lot of fun. There's obviously some more things we want to achieve along the way, but that was a big wall to knock down, uh, big wall to knock down on our, uh, on our path here. Coach, looking forward to the 2022 season, do you have any all conference players returning? If so, what makes those players a cut above the rest for them to receive such a distinct honor? Uh, we do. We actually had uh, we had a good number of all star or excuse me all conference selections last year. Um, unanimous first team selections, both Brody uh, Brody Tashner and Angel Reyes. Uh, Angel, who missed out on the uh, Player of the Year in the NUIC West Conference by three votes, uh, both returning. Brody as a senior, uh, Angel as only a sophomore. Um, so super excited, obviously, to have those two guys back. They uh, they let us. <clears throat> I think between the two of them, they let us in every offensive category. Um, and I know they've been, you know, been working hard over the off season to come back and repeat, uh, mentioned as well, both were second team all area, THL area nominees as well, which if you looked at that lineup of players, there's some pretty phenomenal baseball guys coming out of, especially out of the Dubuque, uh, Dubuque area right now and over, over on the Illinois side as well. So, um, yeah, so excited to have those two back, obviously, um, Anchoring the uh, anchoring this year's lineup, uh, first team selections: Colin Sutter, Thomas May, uh, both coming back. Um, we have to. Uh, we unfortunately had another football injury. Um, Sam Huntington, who's a big piece of our of our uh, defensive behind the plate catching, uh, as well as offensively. Um, Torres Labrum had surgery. He just today is starting to hit the ball again off a tee. So we'll be out for another few more weeks, a couple more months yet. But hopefully, we can get him back later in the year. And then Brevin Lee and, and Evan Sertle also were a couple other second team uh, all conference selections. So, uh, over half of our returning lineup coming back was an all conference player last year. So we're excited to get them guys back, um, you know, back on the field and, and anchoring this team and, and helping us get in the right direction again. Coach, fans of the Warriors, who else might they see returning starters that were on the roster from last year that may not have seen an all conference designation? Yeah, the other couple guys that got some spot starts for us. Um, Jackson Wiedemann, uh, senior, was in the infield. Sam Stewart in the outfield, uh, another returning starter. Um, and then we had some other spot starters in uh, Josh Valentine, Jacob Ricky, um, were a couple other guys. So um, excited. We got some younger guys coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll cover here in a little bit going around the horn, but uh, it, it uh, you know it's exciting. Coach, every year a program has to replace its seniors. Who are some of those seniors that you need to replace? And what new guys coming into the program are you hoping will fill those voids? Yeah, we had uh, we graduated five seniors last year. Um, Nolan, uh, Nolan Slott, Aiden, Aiden Miller, Kyle Quinn. Uh, and then uh, we also uh, on the field that saw uh, quite a bit of uh, playing time, Jonathan Montag at first base. Um, his, uh, 
his brother is a senior this year, Ben Montag, uh, hoping that he can, uh, hoping that he can come in and kind of help fill that void. And then Reed Kleesner, who took advantage of a injury opportunity last year with Sam Bowman with his fractured, fractured leg. He's going to be back. He's going to be back this year. Um, and, uh, uh, getting back in the outfield. So it'd be good to have those couple guys back on the field. And, and that's who we got to replace with the seniors. Walk us around the horn. Take us around the outfield. Looking at it now, and I know as a coach that this this always changes. You, sometimes we have some guys that are great in practice, struggling in the games. Sometimes you have guys that are just gamers and might not show you everything in practice, but you put a uniform on them, put them on the mound, put them in the box, and they're absolute gamers. Walk us around the horn. Take us around the outfield. Early right now, what would your starting lineup or what would the lineup might look like? Uh, what are some position battles we might have going on as well? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> defensively, obviously, we talk about, you know, defense being a big part of our game. Um, you know, we want to limit the errors. Um, you know, high school baseball is tough. In the spring, it's tough to ground, depending on where you are. So um, a little bit on the, on the defensive side of it around the horn, we finished year last year with a 926 fielding average. You know, 970 is kind of that benchmark we want to have. We finished just under two errors, uh, two errors a game. So we definitely have gotten better. You know, they're trusted in the process. We're going to have some battles out there this year. It's early on, too, and you're catching me on our first day here. Uh, we're a couple hours away from our first practice even. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of this tonight. But starting behind the plate, uh, Colin Sutter, Sam Bowman are going to kind of buy for that position there where the Sam Huntington left the void with the injury. Um, until he's back, if he's able to return, um, over to third base, another open spot right now with, uh, you know, returning all conference player, Evan Sertle, uh, Mason Burgraff coming back in the mix, transferred back in from, uh, Iowa Grant last year. Um, moving over to shortstop, you know, that's going to be anchored by Angel, uh, Angel Reyes and Brevin Lee, depending on who's on the mound. Um, you know, and either one of those guys could skip over to second base as well. Uh, Jackson Wiedemann, like I said, returning spot starter over there. Uh, upcoming sophomore Spencer Sindel has been really impressive um, here in the offseason um, just with some of the different things he's been doing, working uh, working out on his own, the weight room things, and, and making an impression. So it's been really good to see that. Um, over at first base, like I said, Ben Montag is going to replace his brother. Uh, Colin Sutter, Evan Sertle could play over there just as well. Um, and then uh, you move out to the outfield, uh, left to right, you know, probably Thomas May, Brody, uh, Tasher, and Sam Bowman if he's not behind the plate. Um, some other other outfielders that'll be battling out there, uh, Sam Stewart, Jacob Rickey, uh, Trevor Lowe, Trey Bowman, Josh Ballantyne. Uh, we're going to slide Parker Shireman from the infield to the outfield uh, position this year. We just He's quick. He's fast. He's got a strong arm. We want to try some different things with him out there. Um, so that's going to kind of round out our uh, – you know, and I think I told you this last year too, we're really a utility. Uh, if you play third base tonight, you might play first base tomorrow night, fourth, depending on our pitching staff and, and who's not, you know who's up in the rotation. So – these guys, uh, these guys work together, and doesn't matter where we go play. We want to go get that, you know, get the win and, and keep our airs down and and uh, defensively take care of business. You know, and that's where high baseball IQ comes in handy. And I always told kids, if you can play third base, you can play first base, and vice versa. If you can play short, probably can play second. If you can play second, can probably play short. And we know that. We just throw guys in the outfield thinking that uh, fly balls are, are a given, but you can really be beneficial to your team if you can track down some balls in the outfield. Now, we do have to talk about the pitching staff. 
And the Warriors do have a lot they have to replace. They are going to need to replace 45 and a third innings from last year. We know that Angel Reyes is probably going to be your one. Walk us through the pitching staff. Who might be some of those top-of-the-rotation guy, those conference starters? Who are some guys you're, you're hoping to step up to fill some uh, other roles as well on the pitching staff? Yeah, we're going to have to fill uh, a couple all-conference guys from last year. Um, you know, that battle then pitched some innings for us uh, with, with John Montag and, and Reed Kleesner, um, who I should mention – uh, they did combine throw a no hitter together last year. So that was, uh, so that was fun. So the challenge is set to see who can combine and either throw one on their own or throw another no hitter this year. But, uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, it, it, you know, and I, I always say whoever's on the mound today, uh, that's our number one. I don't really like to pin anybody as our, as our number one, but I, I would say, uh, you're probably right with Angel going to lead the, you know, going to lead our pitching staff. Um, but other guys that we were looking for stepping up, Brevin Lee, battled some shoulder and some arm injuries last year, just some soreness. So we're really hoping that we've done some things over the offseason to improve that. Uh, Brody, Brody Tasher is going to be in there, Evan Sertle. Um, and then newcomer uh, Thomas May took it upon himself this uh, offseason when he's working out of the K-Zone to start throwing. And uh, I tell you what, I wish we would have did that a couple years ago. He uh, He's going to be a nice little addition. Unfortunately, he's a senior, so we're going to get one year. But, you know, he'll be a good guy to fill some innings, some non-conference innings. Um, you know, we'll see. We got a couple weeks. Uh, March 22nd is our first game and our, our conference opener is a couple weeks after that. So, you know, we have time to get those guys lined up and where to see where we want to see on the mound and what games and what situations. Uh, a couple other juniors coming up that we want to see get some strong innings. Parker Shireman, uh, Mason Burgraff, Colin Sutter, and then, uh, the, uh, low, uh, underclassman on the, on the roster, uh, along with Angel this year, Spencer Sindall. Another one that we're looking to see to get some innings out and, and, and see how he performs on the mound in the varsity varsity setting. Coach, you mentioned earlier that Angel Reyes was a few votes away from being the conference player of the year. What is it about his stuff on the mound? I had heard from uh, Mike Edmonds out at the K-Zone that uh, Tommy Speck had uh, faced him or saw his stuff, and we know that Tommy is a draft prospect here in the area, and he said that Angel has some of the best stuff he's seen all over the, the state. So what is it about Angel? What's his repertoire look like? What's he going to hit you with? And um, if somebody would travel across the river to go see an East Dubuque game, what would they see from Angel Reyes? Um, I t- first of all, I'm glad he's in the blue and white, warrior blue and white. That's, that's first and foremost that he's on our team. Um, he, uh, you know, it, it, it is surprisingly, it, it just surprises you with this stuff. You, you look, um, you know, he's in the weight room, he's working, he's getting bigger. He's young, you know, he's 17, 16 years old. Um, I, I think he just started driving a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's young. So, so the body hasn't caught, caught up with him yet working out. Um, but, uh, his stuff just jumps on you standing there. You know, in the batter's box, letting things go by, he hides it uh, extremely well. Uh, he can mix it with his fastball and changeup, and then you know, even his cur- uh, his, his curve is a good 10, 10 to twelve miles difference than his fastball, and the changeup's even less yet. And then he jumps on you with uh, a pretty powerful fastball for a sophomore in high school. So, um, you know, it, it's exciting to see what the future holds for him. Um, Tommy, uh, he was he was pitching out there, and I happened to talk to Mike about the same thing. And he said, Tommy's eyes kind of opened up a little bit, you know, like, Oh, you know, Hey, and we know what Tommy's about to do with his career and his future. So, 
it's exciting to hear that. It was a boost. I know Angel Angel caught wind of that as well. He's been working hard to, to continue to build on that. So it's definitely exciting. I'm excited for him. Coach, we're going to share a Dr. Phil moment here, if that's all right. <laughs> There's a Tashner on the roster. I'm assuming that's your son. What raw feelings and raw emotions do you have and have you had coaching your son? <laughs> Special bond that you guys share. Not a lot of people can share that, that they got to coach their son at, at a high level. What's that experience been for you? And and what's it going to be on, like on senior day where you have to say goodbye to him? <laughs> And by the uh, way, yeah. I, I only edit myself. I don't edit you. So if you, if there's crying or if there's tears, I'm leaving it in. Yeah, I, uh, I get emotional here. Uh, you're gonna have to cut it out. But no, it's been um, it, it's been probably one of the more special moments that I've had. You know, I I this this back it up a few years. I wanted to coach. Um, I wanted to coach East Dubuque baseball. I wanted to have the opportunity if it ever you know if it ever opened up. Um, Brody was in eighth grade when it did. You know, and I remember asking him. You know, hey, would you mind if I put in for it now, knowing that I've coached him since he's been eight years old, you know, six years old, you know, you're going to get me for another four years and it's going to be in an entirely different setting. Um, you know, and, and he, he was, uh, you know, he was all for it. He was excited about it. Um, you know, obviously very supportive. Uh, you know, my wife, Mandy, has been very supportive at home with it. Um, it takes up a lot of hours. So uh, it, it's, uh, you know, so I started the year before he was in high school, got a year on my belt. Unfortunately, um, you know, like so many others, COVID, you know, really kind of took away from, from his sophomore year of, of baseball. And it would have been really exciting to see what he, what he could do with four years, you know, and all of his classmates, but, um, it'll be bittersweet. You know, you and I talked a little bit before this about the basketball last, you know, last week we lost our, our in the regional championship game and he's a senior and it was tough, you know, it was super tough, the work that they put in and, and, uh, you know, you, you try to hide and you try to show, you know, hide your emotions a little bit, but sometimes they just come out and, and it's okay. You know, you've worked really hard together over the years and to walk off for that last time. And I have, uh, you know, I've thought about what senior night's going to mean. I thought about what the end of the year is going to mean, but that's a few months away. And I hope we can enjoy, you know, one hell of a ride here over the next few months before we get to that point and, 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 you know, make it as most, as memorable as we can, but it's certainly been special and it's, you know, something that I'll never forget. Coach, before we hit into that podcast killing double play, last question here, I just want to take the opportunity to thank the East Dubuque community for all of the support of the podcast since it kicked off over two years ago. This actually episode came about an East Dubuque fan asked me if I would do an episode on East Dubuque and I kind of blew her off and said, I don't know if anybody would listen to it. I don't know Coach Tashner. I don't know what the East Dubuque community is all about. And I was looking for content, reached out to Coach Tashner and holy cow, people listened in droves. People shared on social media, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Coach Manaman on Twitter and people were retweeting it. And I was excited to book this one again because if nobody would have listened to it, I don't know if we would be having this conversation again, Coach Tashner. But thank you to the East Dubuque community for listening and sharing. I truly appreciate it. It's very well known that I hate cold weather and I don't leave the, leave the house unless it's above 70 degrees. I'm hoping the weather will be good to me this summer and I can make it, or this spring, and I can make it to uh, go see an East Dubuque Warriors game. But, Coach, the question I, I want to exit here with is um, 
What's your outlook for the 2022 season? I hear there's huge expectations. What are your expectations? Yeah, you know, we, we, uh, we're hearing that. Um, you know, the kids are obviously hearing that. The players are obviously hearing that. And with what we're returning, uh, you know, from last year, you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of reason behind that. Um, you know, my job and, and, and my focus here is to keep them off of, you know, the expectations. And just because people are saying you're supposed to be really good and you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to win this, you know, we got to bring it back down here to, to day one. Uh, we're going to get better every day. We're going to focus on every day, uh, you know, both mentally, you know, physically, you know, every aspect of the game. And we'll take it day by day. And once we start playing games, we'll take it win. Uh, we'll take it game by game. Uh, and then once we t- start playing conference games, we'll take a conference game by, you know, conference game by conference game. So, you know, just to try to settle everybody down um, and hopefully we, we buckle in for, for what is a fun year and, uh, you know, on a long ride with some of the destinations that we have out there. You know, obviously the expectations are set out there. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, you know, what I thought about, uh, you know, we, we won conference. Our only loss last year was to Warren Stockton, who reloads everybody just like we do this year. Uh, but in the conversation I had, they said, well, you know, Warren Stockton, you guys are probably set pretty good to finish second this year. You know, Warren will probably run away with the conference, and I just kind of let it, you know, roll off my sleeve. That's fine. You know, I like I, I like that underdog approach. If you don't think we're going to be very good to compete again, even though we, I think, might even return more people. But, um, you know, we got, we're we going to talk about it tonight. You know, first night, first night of practice today, we're going to talk about those uh, expectations, and we're going to talk about what our destinations are and, you know, what we have uh, in front of us. But first things first, you know, day one, uh, we got to start with some conditioning and we're going to, you know, we'll work to get better every day after that. And, you know, hopefully reach some of these expectations that are buzzing around the town. And um, and like you said, and, and, and I always want to thank everybody at East Dubuque, the fans, the parents, you know, same as you, man, they, uh, they are supportive um, and they, they, they will rally around uh, whatever, whatever it may be. And, and uh, you know, the, I know baseball, our games are up on a hill. It's cool out. It's cold out, if you will. Uh, if you ask our PA announcer, Marv Mueller, he'll say it's freezing. But people come up there on that hill. They stand there in the wind. They'll put a blanket on, and, and you know, they come support these guys. And, you know, it means a lot. It means a lot to them to have some fans there. So um, it's, uh, you know, setting up to be an exciting season, a memorable season, a bittersweet season with Brody on his way out and the other guys that I've coached for a long time. So we're, uh, you know, we're, we're excited. Coach Tashner, thanks again for being a guest on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Best of luck to you, your players, your families, and your programs on this upcoming 2022 season. 6-4-3, we're out of here. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and also subscribe on Spotify.